Welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. My name is Father Rob Adams, and once again, I am happy to be joined by Father George Elliott. Father, it's good to have you on. Thank you. It's good to be here, Father. Well, we are, well, it's not Advent yet, but as the time of recording, Advent begins tomorrow evening. And so I wanted to take our faith and kind of doctrine episode for this month and talk about one of the parts of Advent that I don't think is covered enough. And that is Advent as getting ready for the second coming of Jesus. So Father George, what are your thoughts on Advent and the second coming? Just generally. Yeah. Um, I I actually love, especially the first part of Advent, because it starts off really focusing on that um, second coming of Christ. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's because I, I studied patristics and read so many of those early texts where like the Christians were really focused on that. They were like, yeah, Jesus is coming again, and we're going to be ready. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like finally you know, the, the spirit of the entire church during that first bit of Advent is, is actually the spirit of, of the early church. That's actually a really good way to put it. I, I think about it. I, I, I always come at things from a negative cause I'm a jerk, but like, <laughs> but I always, I always wondered really like when I was, when I was in high school, like I was like a Latin mass kid, like homeschooled all this. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I didn't want to be Catholic, but I had some questions and you know, that wasn't normal in that group, but I remember, I remember always wondering, like when they say, oh, we have to prepare for Advent, we have to prepare for Christmas. Like I got it in terms of like physical preparation. You know, we had to like set up the tree and buy presents and, you know, all that. But spiritually, it always seemed a little bit kind of fake. Like, oh, I have to go to confession so that I'll be in a good place on this feast day. And that's, that's definitely a good thing. But here's, here's like my bigger question, right? Are we putting on this weird show where we're pretending to be Jews like back in the old day, like Old Testament, and we're just waiting for the Messiah? And then every year on December 25th, we're supposed to be like, oh, my gosh, it's the Messiah, guys. Look, every year it happens. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. I don't know that just as you're speaking about that, that's kind of like almost um, a fakeness to the preparation or like almost just, just like we're always supposed to be prepared. Um, it makes me think of, uh, the rule of St. Benedict, where he talks about, um, the life of the monk is, is a perpetual Lent, right? Mm. So it's, you know, the other preparatory season, um, if, if the monastic life is this kind of thing that we should hold up in, you know, insofar as we are able, uh, within our own states in life to, to kind of, um, I don't know if mimic is the right word, but, you know, see as an ideal that the monastic life, um, it's kind of almost like, well, no, 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 like we're our, our entire life is supposed to be at the preparation period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 actually this. It, it's not preparation, and that's what I was trying to get at, right? It's not preparation in a in a fake kind of pretend spirituality, right? It is a it's a real Christian attitude that's supposed to sort of suffuse. I've never used that word before. Suffuse our entire our entire faith. Podcast just got that much more intelligent. <laughs> I know. I'm becoming Bishop Barron. I'm going to start starting things with like friends. Let's suffuse. Um, but but no, really, like I think that we don't focus enough in the church today on this idea of the second coming because the first coming of Jesus points to the second. They're not mm-hmm. really meant to be conceived as two different things. They're they're two sides of the same coin, right? 
So just like a lot of Jewish people, as we know from what happened in the New Testament, were either unable to see the Messiah or unwilling to see the Messiah when he came, I kind of wonder if we apply that same framework to people today, what we would see. Obviously, the second coming is not quiet. It's not mysterious. Um, but but the idea that how many people are just not looking for it? You know, how many people are just not prepared for the fact that, like, Jesus is coming again? This this battle ends. Yeah. It, it, just last night, I was doing a, a Bible study um, with some of my parishioners, and we were looking at, I think it's like John 3 verse 20 where you know it says that they rejected essentially the light and they preferred darkness over the light because their deeds yeah because they, they, their deeds were evil essentially I forget what it was <laughs> it was in spanish so i can't really <laughs> i don't remember the english translation um but yeah the that kind of an idea of just like, yeah, even though it won't be able to be hidden, right? Like, you know, the second coming and light, I think are very connected. Um, how many will see the light and still just prefer the darkness? Yeah. And and you're exactly right. I had it from the opposite direction. I got this from a Calvinist minister, like a real <laughs> Calvinist who believed in double predestination. It was. Wow. Not yeah. many of those around. <laughs> yeah, we have them around here. But okay. uh, so this guy was. We were at a debate at a at a university here, religious debate. And one of the times I actually agreed with him was when he looked at me, we were talking about this kind of thing, like people not knowing God, not recognizing Jesus, not being able to, you know, logically connect the dots about faith issues. And he said, well, Father Rob, with all respect, I think you imagine that people just make an intellectual error. You know, like they just don't have training and that maybe if they were educated a little bit more, if they could see clearly, if they knew what you know, then maybe they would find the right answer. He's like, that's not how God looks at it at all. I said, well, what do you mean? What do you mean? He said, have you read Romans 1 and 2? I said, well, yeah. I knew Romans 1 and 2 as like a proof text for all kinds of like sins, right? Like, why are these things sins? Romans 1 and 2. <laughs> um, but but he made a really great point. He said, Paul's argument in Romans 1 and 2 is that the Gentiles, even though they didn't have the law in the Old Testament, they still were guilty of sin because they knew better, right? Mm. They fell into idolatry and all kinds of like bad stuff, not because like, oh, poor them. They just didn't know. They didn't have revelation. They're just ignorant. He said, no, they're ignorant because they love their sin more than they love truth. Mm. That's what Romans one and two is. Yes, you know, Vatican one's like we can know God, right? And uh -huh. the, the, it's not that the church is wrong, but I think the church is putting a certain intellectual hook on that that Paul may not have been putting. That that our sins or our virtue kind of push us in a certain direction, right? Mm. And and I think that when we apply that to the second coming, I think we can see that a lot, right, in the church. There's I see both sides in the church, right? Like you have on the one side, you have the more conservative people who only want to focus on the second coming as judgment, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. God will come and root out evil shepherds and and the lazy and the, the sinners, all that. But then you have the left that has an equally exaggerated view of the second coming. And they talk about it as the omega point of history, right? Like everything is evolving and like it's just natural 
progression towards harmony and peace. And I think yeah. both sides are kind of like they have they have some truth there, but there's also like it's an exaggeration, right? Mm, yeah. What do you mean by that? So let's take let's take the more conservative side because I think people who listen to a Catholic podcast might be more in that direction, right? Yeah. So it's not to say that judgment isn't real. Judgment is absolutely real. But we also have to remember that it's Christ who judges, like Augustine says, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that Jesus is going to say, oh, these things aren't sins. But I look out and so I see a lot of things like, you know, it's easy to read dark age fathers and then apply their examination of conscience and stuff to today. It's not that they're wrong, but I think Jesus, I don't know. I just, I want to think that Jesus has compassion on people and understands like the world that we live in is very challenging and the world that people are in today is, is hard to keep the faith, to stay pure, to, to do all the things you're supposed to do. And it's not to say Jesus will say, well, that's not a sin, but I, I really think Christ, the merciful judge, um, is not out to get people. Yeah. I've got a priest friend out in, um, in post Texas. He's like, a, it's, it's in the panhandle of Texas. Um, like he's a real desert father. Ah. Um, and you know, he, he's always reading all of these you know mystics and things of the sort. Cause you know, what else do you do when you're assigned to post Texas? Um, and there's a quote that he, he said to me and both of us were like very relieved whenever we heard this. And it was, um, I forget exactly who it was that said it, but it was essentially someone that, you know, did many fasts and vigils and all these different things. They said, yes, there will come a time, uh, in the world in which, um, Christians will be so weak that they cannot do fasts and vigils. And yet they will be, their merits will be greater in heaven than ours. Yep. And it's this, this sense that, you know, when you're when you're in a thoroughly Christian setting, in a certain sense, yeah, there there are higher expectations. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that you know mortal sin isn't mortal sin or any of those things, right? But right um, that that God will even will look upon us uh, with greater mercy. At least that's what this mystic. No, um, and I, thought, you know, yeah, and and I, I when I say this, I don't I don't ever mean it to be like an excuse for people, but I think right. sometimes there I hear this a lot in the confessional. There's a lot of people who are really trying to do good and, and the world sort of makes it hard. Like, I don't know how to put it. Otherwise the world we live in is, is challenging. And, um, I just think preparing for the second coming on the one hand does mean kind of shoring ourselves up, right? Like getting rid Uh of sins, fasting, all that stuff. But I also think it means learning why we do those things and it's Mm. to be with Christ, right? Right. It's to be with Christ. And the the goal of the second coming, and this is where we can wrap up. The goal I've always I've always tried to focus on is the second coming is about bringing about a new creation, right? It's not it's not just about God having been fed up with the moral quality of this world. It's about God deciding that this world needs to be reborn. That's what Paul says, right? Creation is in labor pains until now. That and that's actually why the Eastern churches and the Orthodox celebrate the liturgy on Saturday. It's because Saturday still retains for them its its uh, character as a Sabbath, but it points to the new creation. The rest is not That's for cool. the Jewish law. It's for newness, right? <laughs> and it's a baby Sunday. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. So that's why, and side note, if you're a priest or if you're particularly devout and you say the liturgy of the hours, 
you'll notice that every Saturday there's some reference to the new creation in the in the morning office. Yeah. And that's why. Right? Huh. It's Saturday is kind of this perpetual like if Friday is perpetually the day that we're getting ready to celebrate Christ's cross, Saturday is perpetually the day we celebrate the new creation. That's cool. Wow. So Advent is this, but over 30 days. Long way to say that. Excellent. So preparation for the new creation. That's where we're starting, at least for us right now, tomorrow afternoon, probably already for the listeners. Yeah. By the time this comes out, you will be hardcore adventing. But I just, I really want to challenge people to start thinking this way. Uh, We don't, we have a ton of time, but I I really want to challenge people to not just see this as a memorial of, of what happened back in the Old Testament. It's not just a sentimental repeating of the nativity. Uh, The nativity points to something different, that God is coming into this world, that God is changing this world, and it's our job to be ready for that. So that's my my spiel on Advent. I hope that that's that's something that resonates with you. Well, I want to thank Father George for coming on here. It's always good to have you. Uh, This has been the Catholic Link Podcast, podcast for busy Catholics. You can find all of our materials over at www.catholiclink.org. And I want to encourage everyone in a particular way to check out our small group initiative that we're starting up, or by the time this is released, we will be in. Um, If you're interested in small groups, you're looking for a way to develop your faith in a more intentional kind of personal way, this is a really good way to do that. So you can find all that information over on catholiclink.org. Until next time, my name is Father Rob Adams. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 